Oh man, good morning everybody. Yes, I am here and so are you, the ones who weren't partying last night. Um, but uh, yeah, for the rest of you watching online, welcome to you all as well. So it is a new year um, and what are new years known for? Resolutions. Yeah, fresh start. That's true. I, I love New Year's. Um, I just love the whole concept of it. I think a lot of that is the new start of it, usually because the year that just went by wasn't all that great. So, you know, I, I like that feeling. New, yes, I, 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 I like that concept. But resolutions. A resolution is a firm decision to do something or to choose not to do something. And this is what happens at the beginning of the year. Uh, across the street at Vasa, it's going to be packed, right? Because people are like, that's it. I want to be healthy. And this, our resolutions are based on just this basic principle of a scale of gain and loss. And so as I think, okay, in the new year, I, I want to gain health. So I'm going to make a resolution I'm going to make this firm decision to cut out the junk food and to start working out. But what are resolutions known for? Yeah, they, they get broken in a few months, a few weeks, a few days for some of us. So, so what's going on there? And again, that's this scale, because as... Yes, I'm fired up. I, I want to gain health. So junk food, get out of here, working out, here I come. But then the reality sets in, I'm doing it, and it's like, oh, man. All of a sudden, the scales start to, to tip. And it, it's like this, what I did see as gain, I'm now seeing as loss. This, this time I'm spending on working out is time I'm not spending in things that would give me pleasure, like not working out. And so I'm doing it less, and, and Cheetos are so delicious. And so, I mean, again, health, yeah, but Cheetos, come on. You know, and so the scales tip, and eventually we break the resolutions because we ultimately will just do what we want to do, and what we want to do is based on what's going to give us the biggest gain. So, in light of the new year, I want to talk about the new life we have in Jesus. Because this new life also has us making resolutions, but the new life gives us the strength and the will to follow through with those resolutions. So you can follow along today on the YouVersion app. You can uh, click the More tab, select Events, and then select Genesis Church. Uh, the verses will also be up on the screens. Um, you can also take notes in the YouVersion apps, and uh, you can also open your paper Bibles um, if you had brought those this morning. But uh, let's uh, start it off with some prayer. Uh, Holy Father, we... Uh, we thank you, Lord. All glory and praise to you for this morning, for this new year, for breath in our lungs, Lord. We only have that because of you, Father, the provider of it all. 
Give us eyes to see this morning. Give us ears to hear your word, your truth, your love letter to us, Father. Oh, you are calling us. You are calling us, Father. Let us hear that. Let us feel that. Let us experience that this morning, the word you have for us. In Jesus' great name, amen. So we're going to start off in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17, which says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I love that exclamation mark. We'll hit on that uh, throughout this morning. But the new life has begun. So I like visual aids. I'm a visual learner. So I got a couple for you this morning. We got the old life here. Yeah, if you could see that. And we got the new life. All right? So here we are in the, in the old life. And so to, to break that down a little bit, I want to go through the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, because again, we all have this basic scale of gain and loss. And the Apostle Paul was no different. Uh, he was going through his life with his his gains, right, and, and his losses. And so, and just those, the weighing those out and going towards those gains. And so what, what was gain for him? I mean, it, it, it was his, his pedigree. Paul talked about uh, how he was a pure-blooded Jew. Like, you can look at his bloodline, his lineage, and he was so proud of it. He's like, look, look who I am. Look where I come from. Um, his social status. He's like, I'm a Pharisee. Like, we're, we're the best of the best. Uh, his works, his accomplishments. He goes, no one followed the law of God to the letter as I did. In his eyes, he, he was it. He was doing it. And that's how he was walking through life, planted in this life of himself. And so Paul sees one thing as loss. It's Jesus and his followers. Why is Jesus loss to Paul? Because Jesus threatens everything in his life that he sees as gain. It would call him away from all of that. So what does he do? Whatever it takes to protect the gain in his life, even if that means arresting and killing Jesus' followers. This isn't unlike us, right? What, what do we do? It's like, well, uh, Jesus sounds pretty good. It's like, uh, but eh, I don't know, man. I, I like my comforts. I, I, I like my crutches. I, I, like, I like what I got going on here, okay? And that, that threatens my life. And so I'm, I'm going to stay, stay away from this. But what, 
What does the, the new life, what does the, or actually, let, let's go to um, what happens to Paul on this road to Damascus as he's walking with these, this scale of gain and loss, uh, loss being Jesus, right? Gain being everything, you know, of himself. And on the road to Damascus, as he's going there to kill and arrest these Christians, he has this encounter. He has an encounter with Jesus. He sees Jesus for who he really is, for that he is the savior of the world, that he is his savior. And everything changes. The scales get flipped. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9 says, I once thought these things were valuable, Paul says, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Right here, Paul enters the new life. The scales have just been flipped. Now what he once saw as gain is all garbage to him. What is gain is Christ and Christ alone. This is the new life. But let's continue on with Paul's journey because I want us to see this this morning. And as Paul is here in the new life, he talks about in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Paul is going back over here. Like, what happened? I mean, new life, right? Jesus, Christ, and Christ alone. But yet here he is, a believer? Yes. I mean, it says it right here. This is the new life. I don't really understand myself. What's going on? For I want to do what is right. Well, that's the new life. Paul's old life wasn't, I want to do what is right. But now I do what I hate. Where is this perspective coming from? It's the new life. Because before, he only did what he loved. This is us. Before the new life of Christ in me, it was, do I do this sin or that sin today? But now, now the tug of war starts. As, as Paul is in this 
new life, but he's reverting back to the old life of I am trying to do what's right. I try, but I can't do it. And now he has the answer in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11 of what the new life looks like. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. This is the exclamation mark of the new life. There is no condemnation now. Jesus has paid it all. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is the new life. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Old life, the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like our bodies that we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. What makes the new life new? What do we receive as we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior? The Holy Spirit. This is it. The Holy Spirit is what makes the new life new. But what is the Holy Spirit? I mean, I just had Christmas spirit. I know that. I've had school spirit. That was cool. But you see, spirit is what you can't see, but you can experience it. It's what energizes you. It's what gives you life. It's what leads you. But the Holy Spirit is not anything of this world. The Holy Spirit is God himself living in us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the very power that raised Jesus from the grave. And that power is living inside of you as a Christian. Soak that in for a second. Because now begins this new life that is a tug-of-war of the old spirit, spirit of the flesh, and the new spirit. Now the battle Begins, And that's exactly what Paul was going through in Romans chapter 7. And that's why um, I want to share with you all this morning that in the new life, the direction is what's important more than the perfection. Because we're rooted in the world. All right, the old life. Like, I, I, for many of us, we spend the majority, we have spent the majority of our life in the world of selfishness and, 
and all the things that of status and all the same things that Paul was seeing as gain, it's no different than us. And so as we're rooted in selfish gain and sin, enemies of God, we hear the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We have that encounter, just like Paul did on the road of Damascus. And we have new life. Now, as a Christian, if I die right now, I mean, it's finished. It's a finished work. There is the perfection aspect of Jesus and what he's done on the cross. I I mean, the thief of the cross shows us that. As he sees, and he sees Jesus as Lord and Savior and believes, Jesus tells him, truly, truly, you will be in paradise with me today. That's very real. But if that thief had come off that cross to live in this new life, he would face the same struggles, right, of this tug of war between his spirit and the Holy Spirit. And so there is the perfection of Jesus, and that is everything. It is finished. But yet within this Christian life, I want you to focus on that, the direction, not the perfection, because of this battle between our spirit and the Holy Spirit. So why do we go back to the world, to the old life? Well, Because as instant as our new life is in Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit, they don't call it born again for nothing. You were born again into this new life. Learning to crawl before you can walk in this journey, in the new life. And I want you to really get that, 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 direction, not the perfection, because that's used so often to pull us back into the old life. Uh, Personal failures, you know, we start to believe we're not worthy. That's where the perfection of Jesus is everything, because you are worthy. And that perpetual covering of our sin, our sins from past, future, sins we haven't even thought of covered through Jesus, that we are always Welcome back into his presence. This is the new life. So is this an excuse to keep on sinning? No. No, it's the calling of God through the Holy Spirit to grow and mature and get rooted in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7 say, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truths that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. It's about the direction of being rooted in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and getting rooted deeper and deeper each day. And when we stray, like we just sang this morning, we're prone to stray, we're prone to wander back over here. Well, 
as my roots get deeper and deeper each day, what do you think happens? Uh, It's a little harder, right, to go back to that old life. The old life becomes a little more sour because I'm absorbing deep the truths about God, who he is, who I am in him. And that is so much sweeter. That is so much sweeter to where I grow. Like, like Paul, right, I, I, to hate it. I'm like, ah, the sin, ah, I, I, I don't like it. It's so much sweeter here. And that gain versus loss, oh, that scale starts to tip more, more, and more where I start living that out. Oh, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Anything outside of Jesus is loss. He is gain. He is the only gain. But how do I get rooted in Jesus? This is where I think we miss it. Because I've experienced this through children's ministry. I've experienced this through youth ministry, but I experienced it in adult ministry too. Say, God, Jesus, Bible. God, Jesus, Bible. God, Jesus, Bible. Where's the Holy Spirit in that? Remember, this is the only thing we receive in the new life. This is what transforms us. We are now new persons in Christ. Christ in us is the Holy Spirit. This is the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yet how often do we talk about it? How often do we think about the Holy Spirit? But the Holy Spirit is what will lead you. It's who will lead you to get rooted deep in Jesus. It's through the Spirit. That's how I live so that it's not me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. That's how I make resolutions in a way that I am not relying on myself, as Paul was, the more I try to do it. In fact, is the more I don't do what I'm trying to do. But when we rely on the supernatural power of God through the Holy Spirit, that's when the new life starts to work in us. Romans 8.13 says, By the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. So we're doing the sin killing, but we're only able to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the new life. This is the new person. Philippians 2 Verses 12 through 13 says, Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Who's God working in me? The Holy Spirit. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we are to work, but it is God's willing. It is God's leading in our life to do that work. It's his strength. And Colossians 1.29, where Paul says, I toil, I struggle with all of his energy 
that he powerfully works within me. Wow, so we, we toil and struggle. Okay, that sounds about right. I can get that. But again, as I do that in my own effort, in the working out of the old life, I'm not going to get anywhere. Not anything with eternal value. Not anything with eternal gains. It's only in the new life through the Spirit from God that I start to live this new life and get rooted in it. And as I'm rooted through the Holy Spirit, I experience his strength, his peace, and his leading every day. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit is leading you every minute of every day. But are you listening? Do do you hear it? Are you rooted in him to where you're seeing the practical ways the Spirit is working in you every day? Or are you believing things out of the old life thinking? Oh, that was just a coincidence. That's just my conscience. No, that's the Holy Spirit. Everything from I probably shouldn't have eaten that to I probably shouldn't be doing this to I probably should be doing that, that's the Holy Spirit. This is what we get to be rooted in. We get to tune into this and experience him more and more. As the Holy Spirit leads us to hate sin, and love the things of God. That's why Paul said, I really don't understand myself, right? The new life. Oh, okay. I'm trying to do these things on my own effort. But as he tunes into this Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit, and he starts to experience this, he grows in it, and the roots become deep. The new life has God speaking to us every day. And as we're rooted in him, he will lead us seeking him out every day. And if we miss a day, we get back into the new life through the Holy Spirit because he won't let us give up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 says, that is why we never give up. Through our, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed Every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Okay. So how do I get rooted in the Holy Spirit? Well, knowing God, right? We do this so often too, where we'll... 
will read the Bible, right? Uh, the old life. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay, well, yeah, I believe in God. God, Jesus, Bible, sure. I, I believe. But what are you believing? If we're not in God's word, knowing his character, his promises, his strength, what are we believing in? You see, the Holy Spirit is what reveals all of that to us. So as we start our day and live throughout our day in the Spirit, with the Spirit re- revealing to us God's characters, promises, just who he is, what's to come, why he's here, our mission on this earth what it looks like to build up God's kingdom. As this is revealed, now we start to see, and when we see it, we really start to believe to where those roots are getting deep in there. So, one word I want you to think about this morning is being specific. Because again, we're so quickly like, I I believe. What do you believe? In God's promises, okay, what are God's promises? Uh, well, that he loves me, okay. And we have a lot of generic, broad answers, but the Spirit will lead us to be specific, where it's like, oh, yeah, he who began a good work in me will finish it. Oh, that's right, he is working all things for my good. He will strengthen me. It's really hard now, it's hard, but no, I, I have faith. I believe in that. Be specific, and here's a way to walk through this. So I was thinking, I'll kind of paint a picture of how I came up with this. Maybe you could kind of um, adopt that for yourself. But I'm just thinking, like, what do we have in the day? I have all these tasks of the days, these worries. I I have to do this, do that, get this done, meet with this person, avoid that person, all of these things going on, right? Right? And so I'm just thinking, it's like, I thought of the elephant, right? It's like, okay, elephant, uh, this is overwhelming. How do I get through all of this? And so how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, okay? Well, I couldn't make an acronym out of elephant, all right? So it's HIPPO, all right? Get it on the screen. HIPPO, H-I-P-P-O. So I want you to think about that now. As you go through each day, how am I going to get through this day? One bite at a time with hippo. Humility, intentionality, pray, proceed, and offer thanks. I want to make you go through those slides again, Ryan, because we're going to break them down. So humility. Why do I start with humility? This is all out of scripture, by the way. Well, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' first sermon, what does he start with? Blessed is the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit? What does that mean? Well, he outright says it, the next line. Blessed are the humble. Why is humility so important? Because without humility, you are not going to let anything in, let alone the Holy Spirit. Without humility, well, I have pride. And pride is, ah, I got it all. I got it covered. I'm God. I decide what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. I don't need help from anybody. 
But humility is I cannot do this on my own. My arms are open wide to receive God. And what happens? I get rooted in him. Humility. This is the start. Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. The humility is very important to absorb that. I truly can do nothing, nothing of eternal significance without Jesus and Jesus in me, the Holy Spirit. Intentionality. We talked about being specific. This is what I want you to go through. Being intentional when you're in God's word, when you're reading the Bible. Being on the lookout for promises of God, for truths of God, for who he says you are, and letting these permeate you, letting these become deep inside of you, to be part of you. Let these promises soak in and think of ways you can apply them in what you're going to be going through in the next hour, two hours, or throughout your day the promises of God, knowing the fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's fruit that show the Holy Spirit in us and in others. It's a really good thing to have memorized, to know. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That if I know these things are of the Spirit, I can see them in others and be like, okay, all right, Holy Spirit. And I could see them in myself. Oh, this is the Spirit working, and that gives me confidence. Oh, well, all right. I have the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's working. Know these things and trust in them. Have faith in them. And as you do this daily, over time, you do it more and more and more. It starts every day. Then it'll start every hour to where I'm living minute by minute in God's promises. You know the confidence that comes from that? The peace that comes from that? And the strength that comes from that? Not a bad resolution to have. It's not a it's not a bad investment to make. And then pray. Pray. This is inviting God in. This is talking to God for the help you need for the day. Praying for his strength, his peace. Praying for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Man, I... Just in thinking about this the past week, I'm like, gosh, my prayer life. I'm like, okay, Holy Father, right? Father, and I always end with Jesus, Son, okay? I'm like, do I have the Holy Spirit in the middle of that? Or is it me? Right? Back in the old life, the old thinking. I, 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 I. Can you imagine what would happen as we pray 
to our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I'll tell you what will happen. It's in Scripture. The answer is always yes. As I pray to the Father in the will of God that I receive through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, the answer is yes. He will provide. He will give you the strength. It will be done. That's a powerful thing. I think there's a real reason why we don't focus on the Holy Spirit. It's just the enemy loves it. It's an attack to steal and rob of rob us of the most powerful gift we receive on this earth. Never forget that the very power that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. The one Jesus said is greater than I, because he was humble, that was humility, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, equal. But Jesus is making his point, greater than I, because this will be in all of you. You will have me inside of you. So pray. And prayer, it's a two-way street. It's not just this me talking to God. It's me being still, listening, hearing back from God through his spirit for his leading. It's a good practice to start listening to God being led by the Holy Spirit. Because where am I being led if I'm not listening? If I'm not listening for him and recognizing, oh wait, love, joy, peace, patience, guidance, self-control, goodness, faithfulness. Oh gosh, this is the Spirit. This is the Spirit. And then proceed. The second P. How often do we just want to go? But when we do humility, intentionality, pray, and then proceed, then we go believing in God's truths that I intentionally have my focus on, that he's moving through me and according to his promises and his will. How is that going to change my life, change my days? Inviting God into each day and walking, going with him. I proceed with God. That will give me some confidence for the day. No matter what I'm facing, that will give me confidence. As I walk into a difficult situation, I can remember his promises. Like Philippians 4.19, that God, he will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Every need, no question. What you need, you will have. That's an awesome promise. And I can go in that confidence every day. And lastly, with the O. 
to offer thanks. Thanksgiving. I always end with thanks to God because it is him, not me, working all of this, doing all of this. This is the new life, and I get to do this because I now have the resource to do it, the Holy Spirit. What was missing in the resolutions we all tend to make. I didn't have the resources to follow through with them. Now the gift I have living inside of me, God's very spirit. Yes, wrestling with mine, but I'm going to get, I'm intentional. The Holy Spirit will make me steadfast. The Holy Spirit will give me the strength to press on and to grow in this new life. I have the resource. So, We'll close with remembering Paul's words in Galatians 2.20 that say, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Nope. It's now Christ who lives in me. The new life. Notice the switch. Absorb that switch. No longer I, but us. The new life. Let's walk in the new life, Genesis walk by being led by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Father, you are so good. Our minds cannot wrap around the thought of just how good you are. Just how big your love is for us. Just how big you are, Lord. I've tried to explain the Trinity, but it's just you. This is you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord. And all I know is that's exactly what we need. That's what we need. You as Father, you as Son, as Savior, Father, paying the debt that we owe. presence forever 
the most comforting thought we can ever think of. We thank you so much, Father. We thank you for the gift that we get to be vessels now, holding your spirit in us. Mm, We thank you for the new life, Lord. In Jesus' great name, amen.